Coming up, we've got NBA champion, former All-American, startup investor, and hoops analytics guru, Mr. Shane Battier, joining the pod to talk about his transition from playing alongside the big three, LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh, to the front office and leading analytics for the Miami Heat. Shane talks about burning the ships, the idea of going all in on the game of basketball at a young age, and the parallels of that to founding a startup. And then we go into the impact that generative AI is going to have on the business and game of basketball as well as how things like player ownership and player empowerment are evolving and changing in professional sports. Man, this was uh, this is one of the most fun episodes I've had putting together. Had a chance to sit down with Shane in person, and he's just an incredible dude. So talented across many many different domains. Uh, so super fun to chat with him about the stuff he's working on. On that note, strongly encourage you to check out the Battier Take Charge Foundation, where Shane's foundation is having uh, just an incredible impact on providing college scholarships uh, for underserved youth. So. Again, just an awesome opportunity to sit down with Shane. This is a fun episode. All right, without further ado, assassins, let's get into the show. Giddy up. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs. Assassin's state of mind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything, everything, Asian the game. Shopping for a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny, pocket change. One phone call and your life can change. What's your love language? Can't do business. All right, I'm here with. NBA champion, former All-American, one of my favorite hoops icons, Shane Battier. Great to connect with you, man. Well, thanks for having me, Justin. Great to be here. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the purpose for this. We're talking about the bridges to new career endeavors, specifically looking at individuals that crushed it as an athlete and made a pivot in their professional career. I'd love maybe just to start with just an intro on yourself. Do you want to talk about your background for folks that, you know, that yeah. aren't as familiar with who Shane Battier is? And then, yeah, had a couple of questions from there. Yeah. Where do I start? I am a 44-year-old dad of two. And that's probably my, my best role right now in Miami. I never thought that I would live in Miami, but I went to go play with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, the big three. Loved Miami and... and was there before became trendy and cool. Uh, so all the cool kids are moving to Miami. Yeah. I've been there uh, for 13 years. And I've been retired now from the NBA nine years. I played 13 years in the NBA and had a successful run in Miami and Houston and, and in Miami. And in 2014, I just wanted to do something different. I reached all my goals, won two titles and, and reached every goal I ever set in the game of basketball. And so yeah. I just wanted to climb new mountains and... Since then, I've, I've worn many hats, professional space. Uh, I, I tried media broadcasting for a year. That wasn't my jam necessarily. And since then, I, I helped run a successful education foundation called the Badier Take Charge Foundation, giving away over $3 million in scholarships in the last 13 years. I'm a consultant for uh, pre tech firms. I serve on uh, a few boards, the board of Yext. I serve on a board of uh, uh, private equity roll up called Authentic Restaurant Brands. Oh, uh, just a private company. 
I'm on the road about 25, 30 days a year delivering yeah. keynotes and, and firesides to, to different corporate functions. And I enjoy talking about culture, team building, data analytics, winning. What else do I do? I, I've, I've invested in some startups, Series A, which I've enjoyed. I serve as an advisor to uh, the Miami Heat and advise a few companies strategy standpoint. So awesome. a little bit of a mixed bag portfolio approach. I wouldn't say I do one thing, but uh, I do a lot of things and yeah, keeps me interested. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. So I mentioned you've had an incredible collegiate professional career in, in the league and then a, a really successful career in analytics on the operation side of basketball. And so I was curious to learn a little bit more about that transition from player to the, the front office sort of being involved in like, what was that experience like for you? Well, I never thought I'd be in a front office after I retired, right? When I was retired, I'm like, you know what? There's, there's so much out there. I, yeah. want, I want to explore. And after my year at ESPN, I started to get a lot of calls from some friends. I'm very close with obviously the ownership and the, the front office of the Miami Heat. I, I stayed in Miami and Nick Harrison, the owner and then in president or CEO of the, the Miami Heat made a hard push for me to, to come in and uh, join their front office. And so I decided because he's a close friend, I enjoy working with him. I, I joined the front office and the first day I said, okay, we don't have a data analytics platform or team, build one. <laughs> and so obviously I had a vast, I guess, practical view of analytics from my time in Houston playing with Daryl Morey, playing under Daryl Morey and Sam Hickey, and they sort of taught me the Dow of of data and I was very successful in, in utilizing what I call practical analytics. I, 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 could, I could understand what was real, what wasn't in, in basketball and apply it. Had a great success, especially as a defender. But building a team was entirely different. It was very exciting, but also daunting to say, okay, if you're gonna build a rocket ship, uh, what would that rocket ship look like? Especially to a front office who had not traditional analytics in, in the past. Yeah. And so, uh, I leveraged consultants and, and talked to a ton of people to say, okay, what is the best use of resources? What, what personnel do I need? What infrastructure do I need to build? The business side of the, of the Bobby Sheet was very, very helpful and, and helped me establish infrastructure and, and giving me guidance. The, the, the business side and the basketball side of analytics are usually split, two separate teams and, and divisions, but I was lucky to. The Heat's business ops, data analytics, very robust. Uh, so I was able to leverage a lot of their infrastructure and a lot of their this knowledge to build a great team from, yeah. from scratch. There's a lot of lot written about Heat culture and, you know, the great big grind. I think that, like, it feels like that sort of embodied who I saw on the basketball court, which yep. is really cool. One observation, I, I was, my current role promoted up to be a manager from an individual contributor. Yeah. And I was curious to see if there were certain any parallels to somebody that's sort of looking at things more holistically as yeah. a manager and yeah. sort of like, are there interesting or yeah. weird power dynamics against people that were your peer or were your peers previously yeah. and sort yeah. of like, how does that relationship play out? Yeah. Uh, I learned a lot as, as, as a manager. It's much easier to be a player, by the way. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, in the locker room, I could say, Hey dude, play harder or Hey, get back on defense. And the feedback is immediate and there's no time for. For niceties, you just do the job or you don't do the job. Yeah. And we're judged on that. So in a team dynamic, obviously I had young engineers and trying to develop them into productive employees, 
teach them the game of basketball at the same time. They're very, super smart, super sharp, and had a perspective on basketball from a data perspective from the outside. But when you're on the inside and you have, you understand how the dynamics of a team operate and how coaches talk to players and front office talks to coaches, it's a whole different dynamic, very different from the outside. And so trying to juggle all those dynamics was a learning process. But like all of a sudden I'm in a position where I'm talking to my old coach Eric Spolster and say, Hey, why don't we consider playing this guy this way? He's trying to make you run suicide. It's like, yeah, exactly. 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 So the dynamics definitely change, but with an open mind, you you realize everyone's just trying to win and everyone's trying to add value and everyone's trying to help a little bit on the, on the goal of winning a championship. And so as long, as long as you have that mindset. The Miami Heat, we say, keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. You know, you can have those conversations. I heard you speak on the impacts of Moneyball panel at Sloan, which is awesome this last year, uh, where you talked about the use of analytics and how players like LeBron used it to get an edge. And I was curious to get your thoughts on how you see things like generative AI and playing into the analytics piece, either from the product or really, I guess, either the business side or actually like the onboard product. I, I think the role of generative AI AI uh, right now in this form, and it's going to only improve. It's, it's really like an inspiration machine, right? So yeah. I, I can I can feed a data set to a generative AI and say, give, give me some insights with things I haven't considered, right? And, yeah. and it spurs thought, which was my entire thesis around analytics. It's not the answer to the question. What it is, is it spurs conversation and innovation in the game of basketball. And so I was able to look at a data set and say, oh, that's interesting. Hey, no, Daryl, Sam, could you give me the numbers on this? Right. And all of a sudden it gives them a new light to produce research. And all of a sudden you come up with innovation. And so I, I think that's where we are right now, which aren't really big AI, especially sports. We're not, we're not there yet, but I think it will augment our scouts. It'll augment our head coaches. It'll augment our front personnel. It's not going to replace them, at least yeah. for uh, a while. Right. So I heard uh, I heard your interview on the Invest Like the Best podcast with Robbie. Yeah, uh, nice. Duke alone from Sequoia. You're super analytical. And as an investor, how do you think about diversifying risk? You kind of alluded to this, yeah. like you're in a bunch of different stuff, but it's interesting for founders and creators. It's almost like they go a mile deep. It's like a mile wide for first time founders. Just your perspective on kind of diversifying risk, thinking about either going deep or wide and sort of how you think about it. Well, I think when you're trying to create something, you have to burn the ships, right? Yep. And you have to be open-minded, but yet so resolute that something that you believe in no one else does is what needs to be created. And so it's not dissimilar to being a professional basketball player. When I was young, I would tell people, Hey, I want to go to the NBA. They would laugh at me or not believe in me. I'm like, no, like, this is what I need to do. I burned the ship. So I sacrificed, I had discipline. I did what I, what it took in terms of work and going deep to create an NBA basketball career. And so as a founder, you have to have the same mentality where you're unwavering in your belief in your idea, understanding that failing is part of the, of the process. And so I'll be willing to pivot. But strong principles hold loosely. It's a cop-out answer, but it's probably the best advice for anyone trying to establish themselves in any profession or field. And so trying to diversify risks, 
And as a founder, you're not as concerned at, obviously as an investor, like my friend Ravi, uh, you know, he knows he's 200 lifetime batting average. We'll get him in the hall of fame. Right, 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 right. right. He just meet he literally 10%, like, 10%. Or like 1%. He made me five. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you fail so much more than you have success. When you're an entrepreneur and trading, obviously you can learn best through failure. No, you can't fail fatally. Right. That's the key. You got to stay in the game, but understanding that is what makes entrepreneurs great. I think they read any business book or a book about entrepreneur. The one common theme is, is failure and the lessons you learn from getting, getting your, your teeth kicked in, getting up and failing again and being embarrassed and having horrible ideas. And it's like an autobiography here. Is that, it is. No, it is. I mean, that's, that's common thread. That's the mentality you have to have as a founder for you. I love that. Okay. The evolution of player empowerment, especially in the NBA, seems like it's really evolved in recent years. And you were such a selfless player as a, as a, a teammate. So I'd love to just hear your thoughts on the more macro level trends around, I guess, players that are taking more of a significant ownership stake in their crafts. I think yeah. about like the PGA and the live tour stuff that's, that's happened there. Look, when I was at Lockford in 2001, no one was talking about ownership. Someone may have owned a restaurant or a bar. No one was talking about, hey, I want to be an LP or even a GP of a vehicle. And so what's been awesome about modern day athletes, whether it's Steph or Carmelo or, or LeBron or KD or, you know, you name it, there's a push that I, I want to use my platform to promote my brand, but also becoming an owner because real well, real, I guess, power comes from only, which is awesome. So that's the conversation that young athletes are having. How do I, how do I leverage my brand? How do I leverage my, leverage my platform, my capital to grow? And it's awesome. I wish that was the conversation we had when I was young. And so, uh, there are so many great examples. First of all, back in 2001, when I first, there were so many bad examples of guys who mismanage their money. I lost them. And so it's gone from, Hey, I don't want to just lose my money to like, how do I grow my money? That's an awesome, it's an awesome thing. It's a, it's a great lesson for just young people in general. And you know, the millennial generation, they, they get really talked down to about wanting too much too quickly, but it stems from the basic human need that I want to require something larger than myself and I want to matter. Right. In whatever form that is. And so we see that now in, in athletics, athletes want to be part of something larger than themselves and want to help, want to matter outside of their own sport. It's an awesome thing to behold. Yeah. And the money is so big that, you know, it's really start to pool capital and, and buy into pretty significant vehicles. So this trend is not only, it's not going to go away. It's only going to get larger. Well, I think it's important too, because it's like you mentioned the founders burn the ships. It's almost like you said, you are your own founder. You should see the fruits of that labor. Yeah. And I agree with you in that you've got people that are investing in you, but you're the one putting in the work. So it's like, yeah. I totally agree with yeah. that. So, all right. I know we're coming to the end of the time. I just wanted to, so first of all, say thank you for making this time. And I know you mentioned the Fannie Take Charge Foundation, supporting underserved youth and teens in pursuit of higher education. And I was just curious to see like what other sort of passions or pursuits you're working on now and yeah. what's next for Shane Maddie? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I believe in opportunity. I believe in creating opportunity for people who don't have a, a platform or network. Uh, I was lucky to be six foot eight 
pretty good jumper, which opened up a world of opportunities for yeah. him. Um, I realized most people don't aren't six eight and have a, a pretty good jumper. So I'm passionate about providing opportunities to minority and female professionals who are involved with Duke University endowments and to expand their scope of female-led and minority-led funds and, and businesses. I'm passionate about the Batty Take Charge Foundation. We've given away over $3 million in scholarships over the last of 13 years. And so what's next for me is going to be, how do I help people provide value, leveraging my experience and my platform? So like I said, I do a ton of speaking, thinking about a platform to become my own entrepreneur and starting a business where it's it's more than speaking, not, not quite coaching, but helping people lead, helping people build teams, helping people build culture, because there are not a lot of accessible lessons out yeah. there for people. And yeah. I want to, I want to make it leadership culture, it's building, winning, accessible for everyone. I love that, man. Well, thank you again so much for making the time. Yeah. We'll have to have you back on in uh, in some time yeah. here. But all the best. Right. Thanks, Justin. Thank Bye. All right, that's a wrap. Again, shout out to Shane Battier, his entire team. Uh, just huge fan of his work. Again, really encourage you to check out the Battier Take Charge Foundation where he's just having uh, an incredible impact. If you feel compelled, make a donation there. But again, uh, super grateful for Shane making the time coming on the show, uh, despite the fact that he's from Duke and absolutely tore my heart out uh, by their team beating us in the NCAA finals. So still feeling that, but again, appreciate them either way. So, all right, this week on the podcast, uh, another incredible founder joining the show, talking about making one of the most influential B2C to B apps that's ever existed. You're going to want to tune into that. Uh, in the meantime, I would love to hear from you uh, just in general feedback on the podcast, the structure, ideas, guests that you want to hear from. I really would love to hear from you. So please email me, justin at assassins.com, any point. Uh, and if you like the show, leave a positive review, share it around, of course. Uh, but again, appreciate y'all tuning in every week, as every week. Keep hustling. Keep grinding. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle. Grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything, everything, Asian again. Shopping for a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. Pocket change. One phone call and your life can change. What's your love language? Can't do business if it ain't reciprocated. Closing deals on a daily.